Gratitude That's my everyday What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee. So happy you're here. I just want to say a huge thank you to all of you listeners who have been supporting the podcast since the beginning and all you newbies that are showing up to check it out. I hope you enjoy the conversations. Um, really got a special guest for you today. Her name is Maxine Cunningham. She is the CEO and founder of a tech startup called Pick My Brain, where she's really on a mission to bring together the world's knowledge, experience, and wisdom, and the individuals that have accrued, accrued, accrued is the word I'm looking for, accrued that experience, wisdom, and knowledge uh, in order to share it with the world and others, and really creating a peer-to-peer marketplace for us to, you know, monetize our wisdom and knowledge. So if you're a coach, a teacher, um, course builder, uh, any type of experience that you would like to share with the world and make money doing it, um, check out Pick My Brain. I have a Pick My Brain profile. I am actually an investor, early stage investor in Pick My Brain. I really believe in it, really excited to see where it goes and really just back in Maxine as a founder and CEO. She's really doing big things in the world. And Really excited to have her on as a guest on this podcast because she is really intelligent, really well-educated. She's got a master's in economics, which is fascinating. She's been on quite a journey through life. And this podcast really turned out to be one of my favorites. We really dived into a lot, discussed a lot, and explored a lot. And I know that you're going to hopefully get a lot out of it. I know I did. So hope you enjoy this podcast with my good friend. Maxine. Before we jump in, I just want to share with you a little bit about the vision of the Heart Collective and how we're continuing to expand. Uh, really, really, really excited about the direction we're headed in. We are rebuilding the website. Uh, I think it should be launched by the time this podcast goes live. So go check it out, theheartcollective.com, H-A-R-T. And we started off building it for elite athletes only, but really excited about uh, the opportunity we're, we're providing, opening it up to anybody who is really focused on their own personal and spiritual development, uh, really coming together. I think what I've found is the world is in dire need of community, of connection, and of healing. We all need healing on some level. And the Heart Collective provides a space for us to feel supported and guided and connected to others on the path, their own healing, developing the tools disciplines, and connection to really show up and evolve personally. You know, in this podcast with Maxine, we talk a lot about the importance of the inner journey. And that's what I'm really passionate about. And I think the world needs it now more than ever. And that's why we're opening it up to everybody who is on the path, who is really focused on making the world a better place, making their own lives better, and really evolving consciously as sovereign individuals. So if you're interested, we got a new membership called The Inner Circle. We got a new app that we're putting out. Uh, a lot of amazing content on there. You're not going to want to miss out. Uh, go check it out, theheartcollective.com. And really excited. Also, creating a community around this podcast is something I'm really excited about. Um, so through that app, we have a premium membership for Quantum Coffee members. I think it's $7 a month and you get access to bonus material like extended episodes. One of them here with Maxine. And that's only for premium members only. 
me and Maxine jam out for another 10 or 15 minutes. And if you want access to that content, plus extended episodes of all these amazing guests I'm having on, go check it out. There's a link in the show notes, $7 a month. If you don't feel called to support the podcast in that way and be a part of that inner circle community, a really good way to support the podcast is to simply leave a five-star review uh, and share it with friends, family, anybody they think might get something out of this podcast and you know, really supporting me and helping us as a community grow this podcast together. I really appreciate all of your support and for listening to this podcast. It means a lot to me. It's continuing to grow and evolve just like me, just like you. I hope we're all in this together and really excited about the journey ahead. What a time to be alive. I love y'all. Enjoy the podcast. Maxine, how are you doing? Right now, behind the scenes, we did a meditation. I'm feeling fantastic. And I'm thinking everything should start with meditation. Oh, I know, right? It's fascinating how much just a few deep breaths can really slow down the organism that we inhabit. Three, th- three deep breaths and how far they can go before something and how simple that would be to implement. Yeah, way to go. I know. It's so simple. And you know what's funny is it's it's I've become a lot more comfortable with it in, in the yeah. work that I do. And I, actually, when I first started this podcast, I was like, I'm going to do three deep breaths before every time I have a conversation. And it's pretty easy with some of my friends that you know meditate regularly and I know them personally. And so it's not as weird yeah. of a like ask. Yeah. And then I yeah. started kind of widening and getting different guests on. Mm-hmm. And I noticed how nervous it made me feel to like ask yeah. somebody just to take a few deep breaths, yeah. but it's been really cool. I mean, I think this is like my 70th episode and oh. it's been really cool to, uh, first of all, like I just own it now. Cause I'm like, this helps so much and learning more about, you know, mm-hmm. it's not this kind of spiritual thing. It really slows down the sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic nervous system slows down the body. And it's just really powerful how easily we can connect with the present moment through our breath. And so it's been really cool how open everybody has been. Every single person is like, oh yeah, let's do this thing and how much it changes and allows yeah. us to kind of drop into resonance. Love. You said so many things like, first of all, how fearful we are to do something we know is so impactful. Um, you know, how we start with our people that we know and then extend and we're like, and then realize in doing so that people are actually open to receiving and that like, oh man, this very simple, simple action that could literally be attached to so many practices and principles and formalities around the world um, could be implemented. And maybe we just, we were just too scared to be like, yeah, let's just make this norm. Let's just like, it's makes sense. It's just a, a positive net benefit. Anyone who's done breath work, you know, scientifically, emotionally, spiritually knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. There's so much science coming out of it. And one really cool thing, I know we're going to get into to entrepreneurship a little bit, you being an entrepreneur and really starting this, this tech startup, which is really exciting. And I'm excited to drop in, but as an entrepreneur myself, um, it was really cool. There's the story I have just a few weeks ago. We've been kind of in a transition at the Heart Collective. Really, uh, we're rebuilding a website, re kind of envisioning our mission and our direction. And we're, you know, we were focused on elite athletes, and now we're having this offering. We're opening it up to to more people, mm. which is really exciting. Mm. And it's been this huge transition over the last few months since yeah. I've implemented this like Love this it. this this idea. Yeah. And so felt really kind of almost overwhelmingly expanded into what this thing wants to be. Mm. And so uh, I had a team meeting. I have two full-time employees, two part-time employees. And I asked them all, I was like, Hey, 
can we all do like a guided visualization together? Just like slow down and connect with the heart collective as, as a business together. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's like, yeah, let's do it. And so I kind of took them through a few breaths and then I get, brought, um, dropped them into this visualization and it wasn't my vision. It was connecting with the energy of what the heart collective is and what it wants to be because it's so raw and it's just this newborn baby right now. And so I don't even really know what it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's fascinating as an entrepreneur. And I'm sure we can talk about this is mm-hmm. having an idea and like yeah. birthing it into reality takes so much energy, but then it becomes a thing. It's real. It's, it's mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. and it kind of has its own energy signature and it wants to be its own thing. And so really mm-hmm. trying to control it. And it's such a good metaphor of, of having yeah. a child, right? Like yes. child is its own thing. I can't really force mm-hmm. it to be what I want it to be, but I have to guide it and allow it to be what it wants to be. And so I dropped him in and did this guided visualization of, you know, imagine, you know, how you want to connect with the heart collective. What's the role you want to have? What do you want to be doing? How much money do you want to make? What's your zone of genius that you want to be doing within the business? And I was like, imagine the people that we were going to impact, how they're going to feel, how they're going to navigate their lives because of the energy that we share with them and giving them the tools and just this really beautiful guided meditation. And since that happened, it's been really beautiful to see how all of my team members are connecting. And it's, it's cool because me as the visionary, right? Really having the vision and then giving it to my team to implement. But now it's like we've all become the visionary because I found some of my team members, they'll have their own insights and downloads and experiences of like what the heart collective wants to be. And they'll start implementing it, yes. not even needing me, oh, which no. is really so cool. Oh my God. Huge. That's so big. That's so big. Um, so we can just talk about that for 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> The visual that I had as well was very um, decentralized, right? We're all downloading. We can all download if we're focused on the same vision and the mission. And we have that tethering between these people that we're birthing something and creating something and guiding it and letting it become. Why is it, you know, up until this point in time, I feel like that download is supposed to become from one person. Mm -hmm. We haven't asked people to download the vision or the mission like that. And, um, you know, you're, you're making me think of, right, breathwork where we can implement that throughout our days and before meetings, but similarly visionary work with our team. I bet if we went to all the companies and said, how many people here have done a collective employee wide visualization drop in? Oh, what is that? This, Oh, you haven't weird. You know, we have it like, we, this should be a thing. And I'm like, Hey Joe, you want to start that by doing that for my team next? I'm just opening the door too. I love. I want you to come in and please, please, drop us into a heart-led visualization. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's cool. It's like it's taking it. It's this evolution we're going through collectively, and I'm excited to drop in on this topic because yeah. it is this old like hierarchical structure yeah. of a business. Like I am the one in charge. I have people underneath yeah. me who have people underneath them. I think there's this new, you know, I've done a lot of work around what does it even mean to be a leader. I mean, I played football, and part of my journey yeah. is always, always resistant to being being a leader because I had this false idea of what a leader is, right? Uh-huh. It's this, I have to have it all together. I have to have be basically yes. perfect if I'm going to tell other people what to do. And so I always played small in that regard. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, my wife, Sarah has really helped me redefine what it means to be a leader. And yes. it's, I like the idea of, of we're all at a round table, right? And my role mm-hmm. within this company is to be the leader, but it doesn't make me better than you because yeah. If I'm doing a really good good job of sharing my vision with everybody, it becomes everybody's vision, like we just talked about with that, yes. that drop in meditation. And so, yeah, my dro- job is to steer the ship, but I can't do it without everybody at this table. So we're all creating this thing together. And when you do that, you can really empower your employees and they're going to show up and work harder than they would if it was like punch the stamp, stamp the clock and nine to five. And you know, people want something to 
get up out of bed in the morning and feel like they have purpose and fulfillment. Not everybody's a visionary. So if you can give your employees that felt sense of like, I am a part of something greater than myself, they'll really show up and do anything for it. It's so true. It's so true. And like, I think I've learned that lesson more than ever these last three years launching my company too. And like thinking about it's not, it's, it is this down. And when you launch a community, you've launched a community as well, or I should say an idea, but you launch a community and the community has a vision of what it is. Your employees have a vision of what it is. Your investors have a vision of what it is. Um, and I, I, I immediately jumped to like the leaders of our community politically, if they just ask the citizens to do stuff, man, just ask us like right now, I'm like, you know, uh, Hey, we know collectively we need to help save the bees. We're all kind of like down with that. Why doesn't the government just like send us flowers, each province to like help the bees or ask us, Hey, we're asking for like 10,000 citizens to plant these things. Anyone down? you would unanimously get the people down, you know, but there's not this like ability to help with the mission. Mm. Is that crazy? We can't it's so crazy. Help. And we're, we're focused on, we're focused on, on, on whose fault it is and what the problem yeah. is rather than focusing on solutions and how we can actually support one another in doing that. So it's yeah. so divided in like right and wrong. Yeah. And even the political environment, it's, I find it so fascinating that if you ask somebody about politics, all they can really do, like left or right, is talk about how the other side is destroying the country or it's their fault. And they yeah. actually don't even really know what they believe in. So yes. It's a really unhealthy form of tribalism. So unhealthy, um, so inefficient, so energy intensive, so trauma inducing, so divisive, so long, long lasting. It's actually really bad. Yeah. We, and, um, solutions you're you said solutions i'm like going to change copy in my website right now because i just want people to talk about solutions like all we actually really need to start talking about it too but yeah the united for an example the united nations who is i think 179 members of different countries 365 that come together and like collectively like hey guys here's some principles and some some development goals that we need to have together because we're looking at that scope Right. We see from 173 of us what in the global perspective, what we all need to know. Right. And I would say 99% of companies do not know what's on that list. And those 99% companies are responsible for touching what's on that list. Mm. And there is this massive disconnect too, right? That way as well. Like, how do we not know? We have a body that's responsible for us to keep track on research-wise aggregate. And I'm saying that that information is not being fed to the people that could change the games. And we want it. We do want it. We want to be good. We want to help. We want to know. We want to fight. Like you said, we want to to give us a mission. We'll do anything you want, (laughs) you know, but like make us feel alive. Um, so what do you think it is? What do you think it is? Why? I mean, I know you've been really involved and I'd love to kind of share a little bit more about your journey and how you got to where you're at now, but what do you think it is? Why are we so disconnected? How can we actually create a, a more beautiful world? Our hearts know is possible together. Um, yeah. Well, you're doing it. You're asking, you're, you're asking for the download. You're having the vision. You're standing up and being like, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to put something out there. It's coming through and I'm going to share it. And the vision I had when you said that you're all your employees getting the download, it's true. You start asking as like, you know, and, and answers and opportunities come. So if all of your employees that's happening, Mm -hmm. it becomes this, I don't know, energy source. Yeah. It's music. We just got the same. Let's think of music. We just need to be on a beat. Like, right. Beats help us tether. Mm -hmm. Breathing helps us tether. 
having dialogue with each other helps us tether. Asking and receiving and not being scared to make mistakes makes us tether. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, saying you're not doing it right or I'm the boss. I know what's best. Um, I don't know if that is, that's just a closed door to me. It's just like such an unopened channel. Mm, it's really stagnant energy. I think uh, what what comes to me is if you're if you're asking, right, the universe, God, creation, yeah. higher self, your yeah. soul, your heart, whatever it is, the thing that is the whisper guiding you on this experience. A lot of times, when you actually have the courage to slow down and ask, yeah. I think the thing that really people get stuck with is that thing that comes through is probably going to call you and confront you with some of the biggest fears that you have. And so it does take a lot of courage to actually like for the heart collective, like I've been on this journey for two years and I know you've been on this journey too. It's like, wow, I haven't confronted a lot of my own personal fears Mm -hmm. of stepping Mm -hmm. into what this is, but what's the alternative? Like I, I would really, that would be more of a bigger form of suffering than actually having the courage to confront the things that are keeping me back from achieving the thing that wants to be created through me. So true. Well said. Yes. Agreed. Um, so then could we say, could we extend and say, cause this is, we're entering the creation economy, this, this new economy, this new world, new rules, 70% of our jobs workforce globally just changed. We finally have one thing that we all have in common and we had to go and address some things. We all had to go introspective. We all had to go through insane adversity and loss and change and flexibility and resilience, which is so cool. So I'm like, now is the time. So with that, with what you just said, like, um, then could we get everyone to be an entrepreneur in a, in some way? And if they do, they will confront those things. They will have to go through that. They'll have to lean into themselves and have confidence in themselves and learn how to articulate and, and look at their values and how they treat people and how they bring them together. You know, and I think with pick my brain, you know, I'm just trying to go create, like, just try open yourself up because just doing that stuff is so big. You know, it's, it, you will go through some, you got to show yourself. It's an artist, become an artist, become an entrepreneur in the smallest version of it. It doesn't have to be full-time, you know, mm, but maybe mandatory. We'll, we will all go again through the stuff that we got to step through. And it is good to do it. It's so fun. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it is fun. And it's, yeah. it's really an inner journey, right? And, you know, developing yeah. the tools, the resources, the disciplines, which, I'm excited yeah. to jam out in our bonus conversation. Yeah. We'll give some of those actual practical steps from Maxine here. Um, yeah. So if you guys are not premium members, there's a link in the show notes. Check it out. There'll be some bonus material. Excited to share some of those uh, with all of you. But let's get into who Maxine is. I want to you know, discuss a little bit of your journey up to this point, And then we can yeah. kind of talk about your vision and what you're creating in the world now. Yeah. Um, the story of know thyself. What do you, where do you want to start? <laughs> Um, what's like, where did the journey begin? What's the, been the biggest kind of awakening to yourself and to this, this journey of really taking radical ownership of your life and realizing you are the creator of your life and Mm -hmm. no longer being a victim of circumstance, but really showing up and looking at the world from a different lens. Yeah. Cool. Um, great question. Um, so I'd say there's just moments in time when I look back, when I learned how to, that I could create anything that I wanted, um, was validated. You know, when I had the courage to, you know, oh man, how far do we want to go back? Even just let's start it when I went and got my master's as I like went through this journey of starting in this world of finance, 
Um, and I wanted to go in finance because I knew that where people spent their money is what was created. I understood that. So I was like, oh, if I can direct the, the, the flow of money, I can help what's created. So is this all, you've always had this idea of, of really knowing that you want to have a big impact in the world? I think so. I think so. I think so. I think I was just, um, I mean, my name, my name Max means the greatest in a way. And like the, like, like go to the max, take it to the max. And I think I've been, I've always wanted to try everything. I like was the girl that played all the sports, took all the um, sciences, the math 31, the art, the gym, do extracurricular, tried to take seven classes in university was the person who invited the sports people and the artists and the people that loved math to parties and was like, look, you know, and I, I was, I never could do the one thing. Right. So that mm. multi potential, I have to touch it all and was addicted to the cross, um, patterns, the, the information that was contained in all of the disciplines. Oh, it's so perfect what you're doing now. I love that. <laughs> right? Uh, but it's, I mean, pretty fascinating to have the realization that where the money flows and the energy yeah. goes is really yeah. the incentive structure that we've created of society, which yeah. is part of the reason we have such big, massive scale issues is because the incentive structure is how much money can I make the bottom line? And that's really yeah. driving us towards the edge of a cliff. Yeah, it really is. And it's so funny. I've come full circle. I, I was programmed at a young age to believe that if I controlled money, I could create. That was where it was connected. So yeah, subliminally, like I was educated to think that way. And um, and and then, you know, my relationship with money went down a whole learning path as I became an entrepreneur and created money, created value, created it. <laughs> and so just moved it. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, like just going through these these moments in my journey of being like, oh, you know, if I move, I got accepted to manage the portfolio of my university. It was this $2 million fund and there was 10 of us that were chosen to manage it for two years. Um, and I guess, you know, just like realizing that we could shift resources towards something was a piece of the puzzle. What was like, this oh $2 million dollars for? Is this like managing like investments or managing resources on how to deploy them for a certain specific thing? Um, so I was in my finance degree and it was the, there was enough investors that gave a $2 million pot for kids to invest in the stock exchange using Bloomberg to understand investing the oh, capital cool. market. Right. Money. Nice. Really cool. Nine guys and myself. <laughs> I was a whole other story we can talk about. Yeah. It's all another, I don't mind actually. Yeah. But yeah, I love to talk about that too. Um, but yeah, we were given this pot of money. We had two years, we had a strategy um, and we were given the, the stock, the Bloomberg terminal to do our trades. I was responsible for the energy um, and, and just, just like I knew nothing then, right? But I that was an entry into being like direct money towards companies if you believe in companies' mission and vision to achieve what they're saying while looking at what's happening in society um, and deciding where to allocate these funds um, and having conversations with my nine other, you know, um, members about, about what we think as a group to increase what's the goal of the entire fund, what's the goal of each of our divisions. Um, how it, the goal was to make what, what, what incentives were there, you know, and it's to make more money. And I'm like, mm -hmm. for who? So it's just when I started asking all these questions. Was everybody else asking these questions too? Or were yeah. you just kind of like the, the one trying to like, yeah. the devil's advocate Change. was actually trying to make the world a better place. 
that was definitely, I'm usually that person in the room. Yeah. I'm like, ethically, where do you stand on this line? Like, you know, you know. I mean, it's ethics. The most people were probably like, how do we make the most money out of this? Right. It, is. it really is. We're programmed. And I'm like, why? And just ask, why is that the goal? Who is the money for? And what do we have to do to make that more, much more money? And how much is enough money? Why mm-hmm. 7%? Why 10%? What's the market rate? How much is, should it be above? Like historically, what has it been? Um, you know, what should do we allocate that is? more? Do you think, do you think the, the, like, why is it that people want to accumulate so much money? They can track it. Um, they can track, like men. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm not trying to be sexist, but like most men, I'd say most men control money in society right now. They have the most, mm-hmm. um, comfort with it and experience with it. And they have a certain way of scaling their growth or being able to like their sports stats. It's a measuring stick, right? For the egos. They love measuring. I don't know if you know if it's bad, but just make them measure the right things and they'll go for it. Uh You know, like maybe our metric just has to expand from this one dimension because money's fun to grow and money is fun to create out of thin air. That's what I'm interested in doing. I'm like, Oh, you don't have to go get the old, you don't have to go move it. You can actually like, just, it's just here. <laughs> yeah. I found I'm that like, with, with blockchain and cryptocurrencies, like where is this money getting created from? It's literally out of thin air. It's really it's exciting time. Air. We can discuss that yeah. more later, but yeah, I mean, it air. is this, uh, this incentive structure of, of this. It's, I think the problem comes when people tie money to happiness. You know, when mm-hmm. you don't have it, you think if the more you have that yeah. it's going to lead to happiness yeah. where it's never the case, right? It's yeah. very falsified. Like people go on the journey. I'm really grateful that I was able to make, a substantial amount of money before I was 30. I made millions of dollars playing in the NFL. And I got to a point where I realized once I could buy everything that I've ever thought of as a kid, first of all, I didn't want it anymore. I was like, okay, it's kind of lost its zeal. Yes. And it's like, wait, I still feel kind of hollow. Like, what is the thing I'm looking for? I'm looking to be fulfilled. I'm looking for actual happiness. I'm looking for joy. I'm looking for experience. And Mm -hmm. so I went out on a journey, an inner journey of self-discovery to realize, oh, money is not the thing I've been looking for. But Mm -hmm healing the relationship with money. It's like, I, I still want to make millions of dollars. I want to create yeah. impact yeah. and wealth and be able to yeah. deploy those resources in a way to actually make the world a better place. So money is not necessarily the thing, but it's your relationship yeah. to the money that needs to yeah. be healed. Yes, it is. It's just, a, it's exactly the relationship with money. And I, I challenge everyone to do some subconscious programming or finding out and discovering your relationship with money currently mm-hmm. and taking a minute to look back at your family situation, your parents, what we see, how money is spent and how it's felt. And do you feel uncomfortable? Someone made me say, do I feel really uncomfortable? Be like, I want to be filthy rich. I was like, I can't say that, you know, like, like that's like that immediately gives me, and I'm like, why let's, let's look at that. Mm-hmm. Why is money so dirty to me? And to me, it's like this capitalist system that was like, that um, makes people decide that it is more important than certain values. And they overlook very important things that actually matter quite a bit more. Even if we were to quantify it and put it into dollars amount, it still doesn't make sense. And I found investment was really that way. They don't actually know how to do the math. They're doing the wrong math. Mm. Um, um, but yeah, what, why, what is our relationship with money? And collectively as a society, globally, it's not healthy is really, we can start there. Like our, it's pretty low. Like we need some work there. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we want to go do that work? What, how do we educate? How do we change our relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, Bitcoin That's and blockchain are doing it through innovation. They're, they are changing it. And I, because people are playing with it, they're playing and creating. And I'm like, cool. Like, I love the worlds that it's have. I like when watching it happen, it doesn't have to be all figured out, but people are create playing with it creating it. 
I'm trying to trying to direct it towards artists through NFTs, trying to direct it through the people, through creating our own valuation that the corporations can't control, which they do control. They fully control the value of the investment that you're making, right? And and all of that. And crypto, it's like the people are controlling it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, I thought, you know, what how do you change a relationship with something? You you can create it, you can create it in. And that's what we're watching happen, which I like. Yeah. You know, what exciting like, time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> we just give everyone at one crypto. Let's play the game. <laughs> You know, I love pick it. A, pick a currency. Let's just play. <laughs> so back to your story. So you, so you yeah. got, and you learned, I mean, I'm sure that, that, that experience of managing the $2 million, not even just learning how money works, right? Like the financial yeah. IQ, but the financial yeah. EQ as well. And then, yes. and then understanding and having conversations with others yeah. around their thoughts that yeah. probably became pretty apparent where people's actually idea of money goes. And then I'm sure it inspired you to the, to the rest of your journey. It did. It leaped to actually from that stage. I I was I started questioning the environmental and social um, measures that we could like. Why was the stock market only looking at this one category? Why can't I on my energy portfolio? I was to manage the energy portfolio. Why can't I look at the companies that I have the choice to invest in? Pretty limited, you know, five companies. <laughs> <laughs> all do the same thing. So I got pretty disenchanted pretty quick, but I was like, why are, why don't I get to see um, the emission reductions that they've had? So I can choose to differentiate between these boring five, you know, or why can't I see what they do for their employees? Um, where is the CEO's mission statement or a one minute video of him on YouTube telling me about where he's going? I was like, God, this is just like, there's nowhere to make me did my decisions other than these numbers that didn't mean anything. Price earnings ratio, dividend yield, like debt to equity. You know, I'm like, okay, this isn't, no, <laughs> you know? Wow. That's fascinating. So started there and I was like, all right. And that made me, you know, after I got my finance degree, be like, I got to go get another degree that balances this out. And economics did that. So I jumped and was like, I got to do my master's in economics. And economics is the... You're the, brave. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of anybody be like, I need to go get my master's in economics. Uh, oh, but I also craved it. Like I was like... I'm I sure you learned this. so much. What a unique I, experience. I, yeah, I did. And it balanced me. It was like economics looks at the environmental, social, and financial background. Mm. Um, economics asks, why do people do what they do? And how, and what I love is economics got to, how do I make a bunch of, how do I help guide a millions and billions of people by using price as a mechanism to make them make decisions? So, you know, things are cheaper, people flock. Um, gas goes up, cars go down a little bit. Smoking prices, like how do we, through changing the price, which we all speak the same language. That is really the language that we all speak is price. Mm-hmm. Change behavior. And I, I fell in love with that question. Then I shifted from directing money to different places because I got really disenchanted with the stock market. It's really limiting. I'd like to have that conversation the other day and break that down. Um, to how do I, through quantifying and putting a price on something, lead people to a decision that makes it the best for all of us? Mm-hmm. For example, the government should make anything organic or anything that goes above and beyond the standard call to action the same price. They should subsidize it to make it competitive. Mm-hmm. Okay, because all these farmers that are actually putting in practices that long term are very beneficial. It's not perfect. 
The certification isn't perfect, but it's, it's far better than the standard. Mm-hmm. They don't really make it. They barely make it. These are entrepreneurs that have the heart that are scraping by because they they can't not increase their price. It's impossible because this is so artificially low too. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think the government should, that's just one example of many, but an easy one to understand. Why aren't the companies that are really good for the world, why can't the government give them a, something to bring that price so that now consumers are choosing on an even playing field price and picking the product that they think is the best for the world? They still get their choice. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to create mass action when price disparity, when you look at income inequality is like this, not going to happen. It's fascinating. It's like people, you wonder why people eat so unhealthy and obesity is such a crisis. It's, it's, it's hard to even, I remember when I first started eating healthy and I started looking at like, okay, I'm going to choose the healthier options. Like, whoa, the salad is $15 and the burger at McDonald's is the dollar menu. It's like, you know, that's ridiculous, especially. (laughs) It is. It is. And something, again, we see a mistake in the system. We have a huge level of obesity and unhealthiness. Like it's like the statistics, like this is math. I'm not a hippie. Right. And that's what I hated that I'd get claimed as because I cared mm. for the environment and social. I became a hippie. Oh, and no, that like, should be the that. norm. Right. But that's, that's like you, you get, you get ostracized for actually caring about planet earth yeah. and connecting with what really matters. I know. Is that so funny? And I'm like, hey, okay, okay. I'll try a different mechanism to like get my point across. I'm like, guys, okay, like let's go with obesity, you know? what percent of America is obese? Like 30 plus. I'm like, okay, the system is inefficient then. Mm-hmm. You know, that's too much. We should bring well, that down. Why well, is that happening? Let's widen the lens out because I want to get your perspective on this because you yeah. actually have looked at this and studied this with your economics degree. It yeah. seems to me that it's becoming pretty obvious over even over the last 18 months, how it's all connected, right? Like yeah. it, it, yeah. an unhealthy population actually needs to go and get, you know, drugs and alcohol. different things and alcohol to yeah. actually keep them healthy. And so they, and they cope. And then it's just this, like this, this cycle of all of this stuff plays into one another and you start winding the lens out and seeing how it all plays in and how we talked about earlier, the government doesn't actually subsidize or actually want to help or focus on solutions. And it makes you think like, what is the real grand, you know, plan here? What are they actually doing? It's, it's almost like it's done on purpose. Yes. It's such a good question. And this is a question we should all ask each other. Hey guys, what's the goal again? Can we, can we talk about that? Like, what is the goal again? What's the goal? Do we want, what do we want? Do we want to work four day work weeks? Are we craving the work at home? Do we want time to spend at our families? Do we want affordable healthcare? Do we like, let's just like reassess. Cause we all just challenged our values with COVID. We all just went back to the drawing board and now we're, we got to have that conversation, but yeah, governments, I, you know, they get to keep us in a loop, whatever they kind of, they have the levers. Mm-hmm. And what's so cool about this decentralization, this entrepreneurship movement, this creative economy that's unlocking this currency that's built by the people and for the people, parents questioning the education system, it is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who, how do we, how do we decide what is collectively best for us all again? And how do we um, build, how do, how do we get there? I, I know why we're not talking about this all the time. I know. <laughs> you know. And it's like, who gets to decide right now? Yeah. The government gets to decide when it's, I mean, even the whole idea of government, I don't think people actually understand. Like the government is made to work for the people. They're, they're elected by us. They're supposed to be voices yeah. and yeah. are voted elected officials yeah. to actually make decisions on our behalf. Yeah. But it's become this thing where the, the majority of people are actually in fear and scared of their government. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Which is a very dangerous place to be. 
it is dangerous. My dad predicts, my dad's a man that lives 25 years in the future and it, he was too far ahead. He was one of the ones that got, he's a little too, he's a little too far ahead. To There's do no I telling. Did. I mean, you can't predict 25 years from now. I mean, the world's changing. So no, we can't. It's, but he, it's fun. What to, he always, what he always said to me when I, from a young age, the government will be run by software someday. It needs to be run by software. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do this because blockchain is actually the thing is the software that's going to change the world because it gives us yeah. the opportunity yeah. to do that. It does give us the opportunity to do that. I think we still need bodies like the UN to look at the aggregate because if we don't have governing bodies that um, it can't just be uh, total people, 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 we still have to group, we still have to community because like who takes care of the GHG emissions across countries and who sets the limit? Who is the, the police of that? Because we do need a police of that. Otherwise, how you know human behavior works, someone's going to take advantage if that system is still popular, which hurts us all. So it's like there's this, this it's like not one or the other, which is what we're doing again too, decentralized versus centralized. There's like a middle here. You know, they're, they're, again, we just cut the middle. Like I'll move over here and you move over here and we'll just keep moving closer to each other. <laughs> Isn't that the cool <laughs> thing about blockchain though? Is like, it actually creates transparency where like it's yeah. not a surveillance society where the people at the top actually know what's yeah. going on and we don't, but like uh, it creates yeah. this transparency where everything's on the ledger to see by everybody. So actually, you know, decentralizes yeah. trust. Like, you don't have to worry about trust because trust is the big thing right now. Like, how do I know I trust the government? Like, if yeah. you if you look, turn on the media or anything, it's like, how do you discern what's true, what's not right now? It's really yeah. crazy. And then internet, like literally so much information yeah, can be created can. by bots or whatever it is. It's like, yeah. how do I know it's true? Yeah. And the blockchain actually keeps yeah. everything so you can't falsify it. It's, it's whatever you have and put out in there. And that's what's really exciting, like how that looks and how people create it and how people build on it. Like that's also very new and fresh, but we get to a point where everything's on the blockchain for everybody yeah. to see. Yeah. And that's what yeah. we need. It, true transparency, true ledger that we can all look at. Think of how much we could all work on behalf of the goals if we could see the data, mm. you know, so clearly. Um, yeah, I really think like, I mean, blockchain, when I overlay it onto climate change too, um, how it would work if I was still in that field, um, you know, everyone would get a token for how much carbon emissions they have and that's recorded and you just have a budget and you can spend it on whatever you want, but every person has a limit that's set or something because we have to stay in alignment with this planetary boundary mm-hmm. and blockchain could help us do it because it would distribute it, it'd track it and no one person is owning it or changing the price of it um, that we can't see and can't touch. You're exactly right. And it's so old school. We're so old. We're so, we really got it. It's just got to crumble right now. It's just got to use this built and we just got to go like this right mm. away. <laughs> um, and it's happening. It's just got to go way faster. <laughs> just don't be scared. We got to like a little bit, you know, lean in a bit more, maybe like, what if we could live in a world? I don't know if this would ever work, but I like to think about possibilities where we granted all of ourselves a year to play. Every citizen gets a piece of blockchain. Every citizen gets, I don't, again, I, I don't know if this world works, but we don't have time or permission to learn about blockchain. You know, I don't know about you, but when I first got into it four years ago, I noticed all my female friends weren't talking about it, weren't engaging in it. Um, and it was, it was, it was two problems. One, they didn't have time to like download it or they didn't see the purpose of it. And two, the, the way it was being communicated to them, they weren't into it. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I did a presentation called Bitcoin from a female's perspective, from a woman's perspective. And I just talked about what we're talking about, how it can be used as how can artists 
benefit? How can country citizens benefit? How the trust works? What's possible um, with this world? Paint that picture. And it was until that, and they they started to that, that's an entry point in. How do we entry point people into a new world too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big education piece, right? I think even for me, like in 2017, and that last kind of bull run on Bitcoin, everybody like the hysteria was like, "Oh, they're getting a Bitcoin," and then it crashed. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, "See, it's not." And I have the I had the story of like, "But what is it backed by? What yeah. is it's not even real? Like, it's just yeah. a Ponzi scheme? Yeah. Like all these stories." Yeah. I'm sure if you're listening to this yeah. and you're not familiar with blockchain, you've heard and you probably resonate with. Yeah. But it wasn't until I started diving into it, and I have a couple yeah. people that are really into the blockchain space, and even them, I was like, it's kind of over my head. I don't really get it. Yeah. And one of my friends, um, like a month or two before uh, COVID actually went down, was like, "Hey, this year Bitcoin's going to get up to 100k a coin," and I think it was at like four or five thousand at the time. I was like, "Okay, well, maybe it's time just to start buying it." And like I started asking the right questions, and then you know, about eight or nine months ago, I really started diving in and like consuming yeah. it and like yeah. learning about it and watching all the YouTube videos. And yes. once it clicked to actually yeah. understand not just Bitcoin, but blockchain yeah. technology and cryptocurrencies yes. and the wider yeah. lens of what's happening in the world and how it can actually really, yeah. it's, it's, it's beautiful because you look at the world and you look at these cycles that we go through of like, yeah. you know, kind of destruction, rebirth, transcendence, and we kind of coast and then like some big event happens and we, we go on these 80 year cycles. There's a book called The Fourth Turn that talks about this. And so yeah. it's like really cool because we're getting to a point now where it's like, what's going to actually allow us to transcend and evolve as a humanity in this time where we don't have to keep repeating it? It's blockchain technology. Is this yeah. like golden parachute technology that we've never had access to before in yeah. modern humanity? Yeah. And it's going to be the thing that once implemented actually transcends us above this cycle yeah. of rinse and You're repeat. Right. You're right. Yeah, it was like really, really, really cool. And so then I'm like, all right, how do you get more people on it? This is what we were talking about before we started the podcast is like, how do I distribute everyone a coin so they can play in a really cool way? Mm. How could the government gift it? You know, I don't know if they would ever do that to defeat themselves, but like in they the gift, movie, they give $2,800 paychecks that they just print out of thin air. Why, why don't they yeah, actually give the coins they can't print it? That's You're right. <laughs> Um, it is the technology that it is this, the new, um, I like to think about it when I look at patterns in nature, like, so if we look at a spider web, if we look at mycelium, um, mushroom networks in the forest, if we look at brain neural networks in our brain and just look at that image, if we look at how, um, species, um, you know, organize that all that maps, all those maps, that exact pattern is just like this overlay of this decentralized system. Just it's a, it's a feat. It's an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And the drawing, when you look at the drawing, that's what kind of all started to click for me too. The drawing of our centralized hierarchy is not. And the blockchain allows us again to be like mycelium and mycelium network in the forest can feed any thing in the forest, the forest feeds itself, right? Cause they talk cause they're all so close. They've got this central, this, this network that they can talk. Same with our brain. It passes information through neurons and blockchain is this, 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 you know, network that just like overlays and like allows us, yeah. To like help each other so much. It's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's so cool. Have you, what just came to me when you were talking about networks, have you ever seen the images side by side of like a neural network and then yeah. Um, like the universe at the widest scale of like yes. the galaxy clusters and they look universe identical. Well. Yeah. See, and all that's patterns. This is biomimicry. This is nature. This is like, that's the code. Mm-hmm. It's all. Um, and so, yeah, that was like one of the most apparent visuals I had with the system we're under and the one we need to go to. What happens in the system too? Cause like, I think a lot of people, 
what what I think needs to happen. And obviously this is all up for debate and what's going to happen is a huge unknown. It's fun to explore these questions, but as we go through this massive collective transition where we're, we're facing, you know, big shifts societally, culturally, politically, financially, like does the financial system just need to like completely crash or is there a transitional phase? Like what does that look like if the government actually crumbles yeah, and the financial structure system actually crumbles mm-hmm. and we rise from that. Like there's going to be some yeah. type of really challenging few years right. of destruction in order for the yeah. Phoenix to rise from the ashes. Or is it going right. to be this smooth transition mm-hmm. where people actually start waking up, which I think I'm really optimistic. I actually do see a lot of people waking up to what's going yeah. on and needing yeah. to do that internal work and showing yeah. up and becoming a better person and evolving consciously so that they can show mm-hmm. up and make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. That's what I lean towards, but it's yeah. going to be fascinating. Like how does this transition happen mm-hmm. where we actually can implement these more solution-based uh, solutions? It's such a good question, especially for like an economist too. Like I'm like, well, man, I want to bring all my economist friends together and talk about this. And like, overlay it. Do we need a divorce or do we need a re, you know, relationship? Uh, do we need to stop all the systems because they're so bad, but is that even possible? Cause the supply chains, how they're integrated, um, you know, and our people, people like we, we do take like 20 years to kind of turn over and like, it takes, how long does it take to become a professional athlete and grow into that? How long does it take to become a leader as the CEO of a company? It takes me years to like craft that. And it's a journey that's ongoing. You never fully arrive, right? Never fully arrive. So, so I hope it's over here too, the one that we lead into it, because I think it is a little more sustainable. And yet, I do see sometimes benefit of starting fresh. There's cultures that build art for like hours and hours, and they'll just like get rid of it because they just want to start fresh the next day. Mm-hmm. And like our system is pretty, um, pretty gross, like pretty toxic. We might have to like cut ties and be like, yeah. I need to end this bad relationship. I can't go Sometimes to you therapy. Rip the bandaid off. I can't go to therapy with you. You're too messy. You know? oh, wow. That <laughs> resonates too... closer to home than you think. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. And let's, let's t- talk about our own personal relationships because really it is what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. When in a relationship are you like, I can no longer put energy into this because it's not working and I I'm at my point. And, and if we look scientifically, there's nine planetary boundaries that govern the world and we're crossing four of them, which means our systems are going to chaos. It's just scientific lines in the sand. What are, those, know, what are those lines? What are those four, four planetary boundaries we're crossing? We are crossing um, over, so CO2, more CO2 emission than the world can sequester. Um, acidification of the oceans, which is from like mostly nitrogen going into the fertilizers into the oceans. So the ocean is acidifying. Um, loss of uh, biodiversity. Um, we have more species extin- extinction than like your, you, you know, Luca will never probably see giraffes and lions and rhinos the way we're going. Mm. Crazy. Um, what was the last one? I don't remember the last one. I'll look at it. It's really good. Again, something we should all know the nine planetary boundaries that govern. Yeah. I don't want to touch on this too. Cause I heard somewhere that was really beautiful with one of my spiritual teachers and it really resonated with me is yeah. a lot of people are focused on saving the planet. Right. And what she connected with me is the first time I heard this was you know, our physical bodies are our connection to nature. It is, we came from the earth and we will go back into the earth. And so this, this temple that we live in is the thing that is connecting us to the planet, into presence, into yeah, our, really our spiritual being. Like this is God, right? And this is the beautiful yeah. gift that we have. And in our society and culture, we're so dissociated from our physical bodies. We, we don't know how to properly feel it. We, yeah. you know, we, if we're in pain, it's, it's this, this mortal thing we 
say, this is going to die someday. So I'm just going to live up here in my mind and not even worry about my body. And I find it fascinating. She connected with, you know, people that are not taking care of their own physical body. They're out of shape, but they're, they're activists around, we need to save the planet. And, you know, there's all these documentaries, like me and my wife, we bought some land and we're, we're learning to get back into the earth and we want to start our own food forest and grow our own food. And so we're watching a lot of these documentaries. We just watched one on, on the coral reefs bleaching around the world and the ocean environment, how we're destroying it. And it's all very like confronting and it's very depressing. And so for me, it's like, Oh man. And like, but what can I actually do in this moment to save the oceans? Right. And so we created all this content of like, this is what we're doing to the planet. And so you need to show up and be an activist to save the planet. But for me, that's all like, it's not actually moving the needle any. And so what I've realized, like a, the yeah. spiritual journey, and this is why it all points back to the inner journey yeah. of evolution and questioning our own story and getting curious on how we treat ourselves. Yeah. We can't actually worry about the planet until we start worrying about our own physical bodies. Yeah. Because once you start yeah. taking care of this vessel for the yeah. temple that it is, and you start yeah. connecting yeah. with it and embodying it, yeah. then you'll naturally, for me, I've been like way more connected to my surroundings. And like, yeah. I'll see trash on the ground and be like, wow, I can't believe we treat this like yeah. this because I have so much respect for my own body. Right. And so I think the more we can wake up to our own inherent divinity and connecting to our own physical bodies and loving yeah. them for the beautiful gifts that they are, yeah. we're, if we're focused on something outside of ourselves, as yeah. big an issue as planetary crisis yeah. is, yeah. it really You're is right. about focusing on ourselves and how we can evolve yeah. and connect with this. I uh, couldn't agree more. And so, and then I'm like, all right, Joe, what's the solution to me? It's like you getting to do those heart led activities at meetings, getting the world to do one breath work session mm-hmm. to me, it's meet the world's people. It's getting the world talking. Um, you know, you imagine if the whole world did a big deep breath together at once. I think we, yes. <laughs> what would that feel like? Like why oh, can't we run that experiment? Wouldn't that be insane? Joe, I that should be one of your missions. You should be one of that should be your mission then. That's so possible oh, with, with wow. the internet and the YouTube. And like it is possible. Like we have billions of people that subscribe to, you know, things that were created. Why not a breath? Jacob did write like, it down. This is my write it down. Create, yeah. I, one universal um, collective breath will change the world. Maybe. Maybe. Oh. But you know what, what I want to eventually use pick my brains network for when it reaches that million mark, that hundred, the group of people around the world that are tapping into the same thing. I can email them and be like, Hey guys, we're going to do a breathwork session. I'm going to introduce you all to breathwork. Hey guys, we're going to do a heart led journey. You might've never done that, but come pick my brain, host that. Mm. Um, you know, today we're going to hear from someone who, um, really knows crypto come learn about that today. We're going to talk to someone who's been through, you know, like, Mm. Like I, I hope when I have this network that's cross discipline, cross country, cross ages, cross culture, I can introduce things in a way that um, allows the distribution of them to occur at a faster rate. Mm. Um, and that's really the key. We're talking about how do we get a bunch of people to know thyself very fast and get in touch with this and want to take care of this and fall in love with it. How do we do that the fastest? And like put a people, let's good, let's ask 10 people. Let's put them in a room and talk about it for two hours. We'll come up with a solution. Mm. I'll come up with an idea. That is a good goal. And now we got the internet where everybody's super connected. So it's a really beautiful opportunity. Let's talk about Pick My Brain. Uh, What is it exactly? And what is the origin of you showing up? I mean, it's funny when you shared about 
um, who you are in college, trying to get everybody together. And then, you know, knowing you and pick my brain, but not knowing that story, I was like, wow, that is, this is what you're meant to be doing. So talk about how this vision came to your mind and, you know, how you put into action and and what it really is uh, here to do. Yeah, I love it. I love that your question is like, how did that vision come to your mind? Because it does literally start to come as a vision. Um, it, it started, uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like I, I always saw from a young age, the value of bringing different people together in a room. I was like, whoa, there's so much that happens. <laughs> Every time I was just like blown at the value that was created. I could just see it. I could just see what happened. And I was like, okay, I just got to keep bringing people together. Um, and I did that all through my life. Um, at my, when I did my master's in my economics, I was kind of the girl that like would take all the economists and put them in a cab and ask them big questions or like the original host- mastermind. Just mastermind. Yeah. The original mastermind. Yeah. I used to have, I hosted documentary night for three years where we'd invite people to our house and we'd watch a documentary together and we'd talk about it. But, um, so always, always was into that started working at a think tank, um, on the environmental boundaries, the planetary boundaries, um, and wasn't seeing results with policy. I was like, uh, like I know what the solution needs to be, but policy is it's not gonna work ever. It'll never work almost because a politician can come and rewrite it if they get voted in. Wow. And so I was like, oh, like after four years, I was like, this is not the mechanism. And at that time I saw um Airbnb. I was one of the first thousand users of Airbnb. And before that, I was this huge couch surfer. I stayed on so many couches, probably like, you know, I like love the idea of going into someone's home and exchanging ideas. And I I was going to ask why, how you were one of the first thousand users on Airbnb, but that makes sense. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) Because I was like obsessed with like community and traveling and staying with locals. And um, like, I probably stayed on a hundred coaches and probably hosted a hundred people on my couch. And again, saw the value. We got a couch for you if you want to come visit Austin. I am coming when Sarah told me you guys bought land. I always would look for a bed. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I later I want to pick my brain to just be able to stay at people's brains' houses because it, it is this other intimacy. But anyways, first one of the first users of of, of Airbnb when I was coming are watching at the beginning, and I always said couchsurfing should have this monetized component to it as an economist because I was like it would just unlock a lot. I love the gift. I'm a gift economy girl. But overlaying a business model is not a bad thing. It just actually extends and gives people more permission because people are very uncomfortable with gifts. They feel mm-hmm. way more comfortable paying. Mm-hmm. It sets some kind of... So anyways, so anyways, they did it. And I was like, oh, I love it. This is going to be huge. Um, and environmentally, I started to do the calculation. I was like, they took a shared asset and uploaded it to the marketplace. They took a shared asset that wasn't on the marketplace and added it to a marketplace. And in doing so, created an entire another market entirely just by uploading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and environmentally, they again reduced staying at hotels. They offered a new asset. They were getting people in each other's homes. I was like, my my optimization brain was like, this is creating more value than any policy I've ever seen written. And, and I knew it because I was like, I, I do like the private world. I was like capitalist, like I was in that world, the finance world, but I also loved to like, you know, help the world with the governing policies. And this is like a beautiful hybrid. Mm-hmm. And then I remember looking up who founded it or like looking into the founders. And when I found out the three guys were like my age and they didn't know how to design, they, they weren't in tech. I was like, that's all I needed. And that like the next day I told my, I got my CEO of my company who I worked for, which I love Scott Vaughn. I was following his mission when I was at the think tank and I 
took him around Ottawa Parliament. I walked around our city, our country's government and was like, Scott, I need to leave the mission. I need to go learn about peer-to-peer marketplaces. I I have to go study this for a year. So I'm going to take a year on and I'm going to go learn this world. Because like what I see that this company Airbnb is doing is, is, is environmentally, socially, economically, very powerful. Um, and so I did and, um, they were, yeah, they really unlocked it. And so I took this year on, um, with my partner and, and we drove across Canada and we gave ourselves, I built my own university schedule. I was like, Max, you've gone to university for eight years. Like, why don't you make your own university schedule? That was, that was the second very empowering thought. Right. And I was like, why is this so empowering? Why isn't it? Why couldn't I make up my own university? And I was like, what am I going to make? What am I going to put on my schedule? And I put things like drive across Canada, um, have a hundred conversations with a hundred different people, go live in Maui and live off the land and read books. Um, babysit my sister who's just going through a big transformation in grade nine. She's going playing volleyball, go spend a month with her and like be there with her and get my mom to go to Europe. I I added all these different things to it and got to do this for a year and course curriculum, my own course curriculum, which I'm like, Oh man, that was like, that was the empowering of itself. And I want to come back. Like that's like another idea, creating your schooling, your education. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was on that journey that was like, so empowering um, in discovering who I was and I got to be so playful and creative and like, you know, go all these places and lock all these things. And was just like, I'm living on this, such a high frequency. Like, why can't everyone do this? And I was doing it very affordably. I, you know, went from making, you know, 90,000, bringing my salary down to 30 K and totally being fine. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, and I had my investments, but I like really lived on like a pretty low salary. And, um, that allowed me to play with that boundary line, which That's is another really boundary cool line. Because when I, like one of the stories that I've had to confront is this guilt around being successful and having money to do these things. And I remember when I first hit the road, some of the comments, not all were people like, Oh, I wish I could do that. But, or yeah. if I had the money or yeah. played football, yeah. I would, I would go travel in my, in a van too, and like feel free. Yeah. And I used to have a lot of guilt around that. Like, yeah, they're right. Like I do have these resources. Yeah. I'm able to do this. Most people can't. But yeah. then when I started realizing being on the road is there's so many people out here living this alternative lifestyle that are not like super wealthy. They're just making it work because they've chosen to confront those fears and actually go out and experience life on their own terms. Yeah. So what I've realized is anybody that says, I wish I could do that, but yeah. is not actually free, is not actually the creator of their own life. They're right. a victim of their own circumstance. And so if you're listening to this and you think you want to do something, but you're, you can't because there's some story holding you back, it's yeah. your own self holding you back. I'm sorry to say, I know that might be confronting to some of you, but it's really beautiful that you were able to downsize, actually make a third of the amount of money and create mm-hmm. this incredible experience where you went out and actually probably learned more, at least as far as experience of life than you would ever yeah. at school. Oh, so, so much. And not only that, but maybe founded a billion dollar company, Mm. you know, and like also invested in Bitcoin, blockchain, ether, you know, um, Tesla shop. I played with things that I believed in too. I actually created wealth too. So yeah, didn't need it. Didn't need, it's very affordable to do. Um, but yeah, like do the, we're doing the math wrong. We're doing the equation wrong. It was a total no-brainer um, for a year of living life on my own terms. Like you said, maybe we should all do that at least for one year. Just one. Oh, and the world would be a better place. I'll tell you It'd what. It'd be crazy. And I bet we could create some kind of movement that would start it. One year, you can do it. 
Like we're all going to, you know, and I think we're all closer to death now. And so we're willing to actually take that death looked us in the eye faster, which is a very good thing too. I think mm-hmm. like just do it. Have you lived life one year on your own terms? What would you even do? And it doesn't have to be a beautiful experience. Just do it. <laughs> I'll tell you, you'll never go back to not living life. on your You'll own never terms. go back. It's true. And that's why we need them to do it. Cause exactly. they'll never, I could never go back. It's like, it's, you know, it's once you transcend, you don't go back. Once you experience a deeper relationship, you don't go back. Mm-hmm. Once you experience health and the strength of your body, it's very hard to go back. Yeah. Once Cause you, you know what feeling good feels work, like. Work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of the, one of the books I read, I don't remember what it was, but it talked about, uh, I think they interviewed a bunch of people on their deathbeds to ask them what their biggest yeah. regret was. And across the board, it was everybody's biggest regret was the things that I didn't do. It was not the things that they did do. It's that they remember the things and the decisions that they decided not to because fear got in the way. And that really struck a chord within me. And that was when I was at the back end of my NFL career. And I like could have played a couple more years, but I had enough money. I felt financially free. My body was beat up. And I was like, man, I'm going to die one day. And I don't think until you confront your mortality and your death and the impermanence of life, you're not actually going to be able to fully live. Agreed. Yeah. So then would you say that we're more powerful right now than ever because we all are closer to death? I think we all just had that. So I'm like, now, now, now is the time. It's now. We're all, we're all open. We're all vulnerable. A blank slate is near. We're 70, like, you know, the great resignation is here. The workforce has changed. People are moving to small towns. People are going into nature. Bikes are really expensive. <laughs> you know? I tried to buy a bike the other, the other like last summer. So hard. Yeah, they didn't even have any available. Like, yeah. Which I was like really proud of society for valuing bikes that much. I was really excited as an economist, a few things that became so valuable. Food, uh, bikes, you know, land, <laughs> nature. I was like, sweet. Like those did need a boost in premium. They were, they were discounted too much. They didn't, people didn't understand the value of them. Um, so a great recalculation happened too. And I'm like, all right, now is the time, which brings me to like, all right, let's get the people talking. Let's get the world talking. That's, that's my contribution. That's what I've always done. That's what I'll continue to do. And I think, right. If we all took, you think, right. If we took all collective breath, that would do something agreed. I'm like, Oh, if a million of us committed to meeting one new person a month for a year, game changer, mm-hmm. you know, and I can start that. And, and that's to loop back from our beginning conversation. If you can just even think about it, you wrote it down a collective breath. You, you just have that idea. That idea is cool. And yeah, I just want to plant some ideas in people's heads of what if, what if, cause you're right. Like new world, new way of being, what do we need to transcend? How do we get to know each other? How do we get to know ourselves? Yeah. Um, it's so moldable right now. It's so exciting. <laughs> oh, I say it every day. What a time to be alive. And what a time. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you think otherwise, then there's some healing that needs to take place because to, yeah, not taking away the challenges that you may be facing, but if yeah, you no. really focus on the opportunity we have yeah. and the abundance that we live in, I mean, really, yeah. I mean, even, even the, the people living below the poverty line are still yeah. way better off than people 100, 200, 300, 500, any other time in human history. Yeah. It's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and when we give people tools that show them even more that they can create wealth for themselves so that they're not in that scarcity mindset of like, I need to work for this place to get, and I will 
let my morals go a little bit because I'm so scared to let go of that paycheck. I get it, man. It is scary Mm -hmm. to not having money coming in regularly. As an entrepreneur, it looks like this, you know? (laughs) My my bank account has been going like this. Yeah, or like this. I'm lucky I, I got a big nest egg because it's just, I haven't actually had any income yet. Right? Yeah. Like it's just like such an investment, but what we don't calculate again, one dimensional, we're looking at just the digits, right? I was like so mad at the investment portfolio that I worked on. I'm like, guys, so much bigger than this. Like, um, you know, you're going to build a garden. It's going to, you're going to buy some land. You're going to buy a house. It's going to take, it's going to take some money for a while. You, you have a kid, it's going to drain, but like you're creating something that's going to be able to generate, you know, we just got to look at it a little differently. Mm-hmm. Value yeah. structure too, and investing in yourself, right? Like if yeah. you look at, and I mean, just look at what you spend your money on. And if you yeah. say like, oh, I'm not going to spend you know money on this course or coaching or a retreat yeah. experience or going out with friends or travel. Yeah. Like if you say like, oh, the value is not there for me, yeah. but it's, it's on clothes or whatever that you're spending your money on, like you need to really reevaluate what is adding value to your life and how do you invest in yourself so that you can evolve because that is going to get you to where you want to be. So true. We got to have this conversation again. We got to look at our budgets, you know, as a company, where are we spending our money? Do we have a line item for things like heart led workshops for our staff? Um, I can offer that for you. I know. And I'm like, come, I do. I'm like, Joe, this is a big one. I'm like part of the NFL alumni association too. network. Like why can't all fortune 500 companies do one, at least one or two or four, um, company wide meditations. That could be a package. That's a great package. Changer. Game changer, game changer. And, and I think we're open to it. Like you said, at the beginning, you were really nervous. I think this is one of your missions because at the beginning, you're like, I'm going to give her a breathe on my podcast. Cause you know, uh, you know, and the like breath, the breath is the, the bridge between the conscious and the unconscious. It is the yes. anchor point. And this is cool. I was reflecting on this the other day. You know, you think how much you've changed in this lifetime. Like for me, like I've had so many experiences. Like I am not the same person I was a year ago, two years ago, 10 years ago when I was a kid. Like how many times I've shifted, evolved, changed, but the essence of who I am has remained the same. But but who I am is so radically different all the time, even day to day. And the one constant, consistent thing through our entire life is our breath. Breath. It's the one thing. It's the through thread of existence. From the beginning to the end, it's the one thing that is with you always. always. And so many people don't even know or have not had the awareness to take even one conscious breath in a day. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to start. I think again, like how would I do that in a very fast way? Well, I've got this you know, deal that I'm negotiating with Pick My Brain. Um, as part of that package, it includes one company-wide meditation. And this will set it. This will open it up. Sorry, it comes with it, you know? I love it. So so for the listeners, so tell me like for them listening, what is Pick My Brain and how can they get involved? What would they get out of it as a user or a brain? It's a two-way marketplace. There is a a two-way marketplace. Um, Yeah, so Pick My Brain really is a place where people come to buy, sell, share, gift, and exchange knowledge with people um, from all around the world in new ways. That's what it really kind of is. Um, at its tech, it is um, a tool that allows you to make offerings, package and price your knowledge in unique ways. So, hey, are you available? Are is everyone? Are you available for people to meet you one on one? 
Um, you know, and how many would you be open to being, to having the world meet you if they're really interested in having a conversation? Unlock that. Um, are you open to being, um, having a one-on-one private session? Can someone hire you for an hour to do, you know, whatever they'd like with you based on your profile, which showcases your knowledge, your experience, your story, your mission. Um, you know, I think, uh, building a pick my brain profile. So the profile in of itself, I really think that every one of us needs a profile that emulates those things. So I say like LinkedIn is the most popular digital resume. And I'm like, it's resume 2.0. It digitized our resume, which really focused on our professional experience. Pick my brain is like a 3d resume that really asks you questions about who you are, what you're, what you're open for, um, what you know a lot about, what you're passionate about, what you're calling in. It's interactive, um, you know, and, and it overlays the professional and the personal lived experiences. And then it, it does, it gives you this opportunity to say, hey world, I'm open for these things. And we packaged offers for you to tap into because we want to be like, hey, the whole world is open for uh, meet me's. Go, here's all the people that can do that. Go meet them. Or here's all the people in the world that you can pay to pick their brain for an hour. Here's all the people in the world that you can stay at their house for a week and hang out and get coaching for. I don't know, you know, whatever we package collectively. Um, so that's the profile. That's what it does. And then, yeah, we pool everyone's offers into a marketplace because we believe that we want to build this place online where we can shop the people's offers, these passion driven offers, their knowledge offers. I always say, I'm like, we need a marketplace as big as Amazon that commands just as much strength as Amazon. Only no products, no shit products from China and no, no, no supply chain. This marketplace is solely people and their offers that are you and me one-on-one mm-hmm. or one-to-many. Mm-hmm. Wisdom and knowledge and experience. Yeah. What if we, what if we lived in a world where you could talk to anyone you wanted? Uh, what, what, what would you, are, do you have the power to unlock that too? We got to do a bunch of education of how you can utilize that resource. Mm-hmm. I love it. Cause we're all students and we're all teachers. Right. And so exactly. for me, like I have so much to teach. Like if you're a coach, if you're a speaker, yeah. Yeah. if you are just a normal person, but you have like a crazy story that you want to yeah. share, you build a profile. Somebody can actually book you, pay you money. It all happens on the tech and you can show up yeah. and actually share and have a conversation with people. And then you can yeah. even show up and do you can literally build any form of package that you want for what you offer. It's really cool, really unique, and it's really customizable to each individual, which is really yeah. awesome. It is. And it's the hybrid to loop back to our conversations. There's offers that you can tap into that we all as a community want to be available for. And then you can create your own offer. And what inspired me to build the platform like that was Ethereum. They're smart programmable contracts. And I was like, oh my gosh, if we could each build smart programmable contracts that you and me can enter and do any kind of contract together and is secured. Um, you know, you can unlock any revenue stream you can imagine. So yeah, it is. Yeah. Build what you can, what, what, what can we all offer each other? How can we build revenue streams for each other? And how can we shop each other's offers to create an economy? Um, yeah, that, I don't know is so Google's mission was to make the world's information more available, accessible, and useful to society. Pick My Brain's mission is to make the world's people more available, accessible, and useful to society. And how do you do that? You got to shop them. You got to browse them. You got to know that they're open. Um, so that's really what it's all about. Yeah. And I we're, love it. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and I'm an investor for all of you as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm backing this project, backing Maxine here. I think she's really got something special and she's 
grinded for this thing in all the right ways. And um, Mm -hmm. how can people get, we'll put a link in the show notes. You'll share us a link to get people started where they can create their own profile. Is there anything they should know as they go through that experience if they want to onboard? Yeah, please build a Pick My Brain profile. It'll get you go through a transformation in of just building it, but head to www.pickmybrain.world. That was intentional. Um, And click start profile and start thinking about the questions we're asking you. What do you know a lot about? You know, um, what, how do you want to help people? What is your story? What are your goals? What do you think I should watch, read, or listen to? Um, share some pictures, you know, create a profile that, um, I know that what I, what, what I could book you for, you know, what are you? Yeah. So that's the first step is going through that transformation yourself, building a profile. Um, if you're interested in just meeting the world's people, you know, and starting that way, you can browse our marketplace. See, we have 500 brains from 26 different countries that are that are on board and have created. So go get some inspiration from there. That's another good action. Pick one person and book something and see what happens and see if you like it. Um, and, and you know, so open your mind to the, this being available, just like, you know, Airbnb proliferated. I really think this will proliferate. But um, another program that I do want to highlight, I, I'm launching a program called Meet the World's People. And... I I want you to commit. I want the world to commit to meeting 10 new people this year in 2022. And you can choose over again from 500 people to meet. And I just want you to ask one person a set of questions, um, discuss current events, share an idea, share a solution once a month. Hmm. Similar Uh, to what we're doing here. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And in doing so, um, immediately increase your understanding of the world and of the people in it and immediately unlock 10 doors that you uh, don't know, you know? I love it. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest solutions I think any of us can point to is widening the lens in which we view reality. And in order to do that, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do that, but I think the biggest way is really having conversations, open dialogue with people with yeah. different perspectives in life so that you can actually open your mind and create new neural pathways and, and understand like we are all so much more alike than we are different. Totally. And you just become so interesting. You're like, oh my gosh, I met someone from Latvia yesterday. Latvia? I, I've never yeah, heard I of even, Latvia. I know. It's a country. Wow. <laughs> you know, and I got to learn about Latvia and see this human. It was like watching a giraffe. Like I was like, you're another species. Yeah. And I like really want to know what you're like and what were you raised? Like what was school like for you? And what are your parents like? When you, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I want people to collect credits and people. I think you'll become a beautiful person if you have met a hundred people. You know, we have some brains, we call them super brains who have hit that hundred mark. They've met a hundred people. I think that means something um, from walks, different walks of life. And I don't think it's that easy to meet people from different countries, industries, ages, and backgrounds. I think it's actually very challenging. Mm. Um, Cause you, especially where we're at, like, I don't know if I can ask you questions. Are you open? Um, you know, if you're 18 or 81, how do I get in touch with you? I don't know, you know, and pick my brain has, you know, our old, our eldest is 81. Her name is Yoka. She's amazing. She's a Holocaust survivor, an NLP trainer, one of the world's first women who went into sciences and university. She's just remarkable. Um, all the way down to an 18 year old that's just starting her psychology degree in Toronto and deciding what she wants to be and starting her podcast as well. And her podcast is called human to human. Oh, cool. I promise if you have a conversation with both of them, you'll just smile. Yeah. I might need to get them on the podcast now. Yeah. I'll hook them through and pick my brain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
And There's for all you listeners, I'm, I'm on Pick My Brain too. So if you want to have a conversation with me, connect with me, learn from me or ask me some questions, go to Pick My Brain, yeah. create yourself a profile and uh, connect with me, search yeah. me and, and you can book me, which is really quite exciting. Maxine, really, really grateful having you on. That was actually one of my favorite conversations. I'm really grateful. I've never talked to an economist before about the actual issues. It's like, I think about all these things and I see them, but to have someone so grounded in some of the actual information and and widening of the perspective of reality, really grateful for you, for your wisdom and really proud of you for the the journey that you're on. And I'm excited to, uh, to be on it with you. So thank you. The extension goes right back here, creating the space. I'm so, when you, yeah. And the, the love back, I need to come, I'd love to come hang, but the love back I had for you immediately when I heard you talk on Lance's summit um, and how you saw the world and how you stepped into entrepreneurship and how you viewed entrepreneurship and how you gave grace of how long it takes was like what I was like, you know, you just are such an opener. So, so grateful for you and our, our you. paths crossing. Cause I think we gotta, we gotta do some stuff together. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The synchronicities, right. It's kind of, it's really yeah. crazy how we even connected and now we're it just is. so intricately connected and intertwined on this journey. So yeah. yeah. What a journey. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Thank you, Maxine. What I gotta, I want to ask you what's uh, with this, this is all these beautiful arts pictures uh-huh. in your background. What's that all about? <laughs> Well, I love color and um, these are all the pieces of art I've done at different stages in my life. We got some high school art, some adult art, some other high school art. <laughs> wow, it's so cool. So you did yeah. all that. Yeah. And oh, I just like to kind of put it up there. And I think I was like, you know, like Zoom is, you know, why, what do I want my background to be? Why, why don't we all think about that? And I was like, yeah. oh, I want it to be art. I love and it. Color. I, I want to view. Of it. <laughs> I'll just keep and it inspires me to actually do it. Because mm. I finish one, I just, you know, put it on. It becomes oh. my wallpaper. I love it. Yeah. Where yeah. can people find you? Is there anywhere you they, they can connect? Pick my with brain, man. I'm brain. open like Joe. I'm open for I open myself up for 15 free meet me's every month because they unlock everything that has ever entered my life. So um I also have paid offers, but those are my I am and open for conversation. If you have ideas, if you have different ways to articulate, if you have other questions, if you want me to look at your pick my brain profile, just find me on pick my brain. And Beautiful. build a profile. And that if you build a profile, you're in my network and I can invite you to my events. I can invite you to these world conversations. I can invite you to try breath work. I can invite you to Joe's future heart-led session that we're going to do. <laughs> yes. you know? Beautiful. There'll be a link in the show notes for all of you that are yeah. interested in connecting with Maxine. Definitely yeah. go check that out if you want to connect with me. Use Pick My Brain, create your profile. And uh, for you premium members, stick around or actually go to the circle community and we're going to have some bonus material here with Maxine where we're going to get a little bit more practical action steps on how to go on this inner journey of really learning and developing the tools and disciplines to show up all the things we talked about during this episode uh, to really put them into action. So if you want some access to that bonus material, go to the inner circle uh, there's a link in the show notes. It's the premium community. Really excited about building community around this podcast and offering bonus material and extended episodes like ones with Maxine here. If you don't feel called to be a part of the inner community, a really good way to support this podcast is to leave a five-star review, share something nice, how it impacted your life. And if something in this episode you think might have a positive impact on somebody, you know, go ahead and share it with them. Thank you all so much for showing up. I love y'all. And thank you so much, Maxine.